1: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the second episode of the week from the Pale Guys podcast in our 155th week. The crew's still here. We have Aiden, we have Wyatt, we have Jared, and we have Bart. We're going to get started off with some college football in our segments today, but we're going to get started out before that with just a quick recap of some news we missed in the college football world. The Pac-12, it's playing itself out of the playoff. Jared is devastated, I'm sure. Uh, the Oregon lost or just been to like Washington. Throw needles at me. <laughs> <laughs> I in the cowboys unintentionally
0: <laughs> now the pac-12 oh, my God. yeah notre yeah. dame's gonna oregon. beat usc to put the nail in cough nail in the coffin for the pac-12 mm-hmm. sorry
1: yeah yeah sorry yeah, i cut you in. ucla lo- no you're good i mean oregon lost the university of washington ucla lost arizona there's only one team with even an outside shot left who could make it in usc who's currently ranked seventh um and has only lost once but like jared said they're gonna lose to notre dame in a couple weekends and the pac 12 will be out of the playoff
0: i know in notre dame's bowl game i want us to play like washington or oregon one of those pac 12 teams hmm. i don't want i i don't want us to play a big 12 team i swear we always get paired with a big 12 yeah. team and it's so boring mm-hmm. the, the big 12 is the most boring conference outside mm-hmm. of oklahoma and texas or an acc team we right, better not get be an there? acc team. oh
1: please not need, yeah yeah yeah, we're playing enough already. Yeah, exactly. Uh, speaking of Notre Dame a little bit, improved this weekend to 7-3, and three, beat Navy uh, in a game that was a tale of two halves, as one might say, mm. um, but ended up winning the game 35-32, and that's all that matters. Um, so, quickly moving on from that, we are now <laughs> also just got the latest release of the College Football Playoff Rankings, Top 4 Remains Unchanged. We have Georgia at 1, Ohio State at 2, Michigan at 3, and we have TCU at 4. And with that, I think we're going to hop into our first segment of the episode, and it's a classic. It is the BCTOTW, as some people call it, or the Blue Collar Team of the Week. As any of you know who watch sports, one of announcer's favorite cliches is to describe a team as blue collar, meaning they are scrappy. They are hardworking. These are their words, not ours. We are just <laughs> applying it to our own context. And to lightly poke fun at uh, these commentators using blue collar so much, we like to award a blue collar team of the week every single week. And we're doing that this week, but we're also pairing it with a new segment, a Lunch Pail Guy of the Week. As you know, this is the Lunch pale Guys podcast, so we're going to want to pick somebody who's an MVP of the week who embodies that similar attitude as the BCTOTW and to kick it off, Bart, you have both the BCTOTW and, I guess, the LPGOTW. So, yeah, the floor we'll is yours.
2: Dri- drive those, those uh, acronyms home. People mm. will, yes, ha- exactly. will be thinking of them in their sleep. Um, for me, the blue-collar team of the, of the week this week is Vanderbilt. Uh, I know everybody mm-hmm. always thinks blue-collar when they think of Vanderbilt. But their performance this <laughs> week was gritty. It was plucky. It was stout-hearted. It was unyielding. <laughs> yes, I just started <laughs> looking just at synonyms on Google. <laughs> Here's why. Uh, first of all, classic blue-collar thing. They scraped by and they beat a ranked team. They beat number 24 Kentucky. So an upside is mm-hmm. blue-collar. They scored a touchdown in the final second, So a late-game comeback, blue-collar. Uh, clear commitment to the run. They gained 226 yards, or excuse me, 264 yards on the ground. Only 184 in the air. They had nearly twice as many rushing attempts as passing attempts, and their QB barely completed half of his passes. All very blue-collar things. And you know what else is blue-collar? Shutting down quote-unquote NFL draft prospect Will Levis. I'll tell you what, after the way this gritty defense locked him down, he's not going to be in very many draft conversations in the future. (laughs) I mean, yikes. He actually, speaking of completing 50% of your passes, he actually didn't even do that. (laughs) I thought that was pretty funny. Um, they lost the penalty battle. They lost the turnover battle. They even turned it over on downs more than Kentucky, and they still won. Blue collar. <laughs> as far as lunch pail guy. Is, so, undis is undisputed. Yeah, exactly. collar. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's winning despite, you know, having struggles. Gotcha. You know, okay. not, n- not necessarily <laughs> being placed in the easiest situation and still coming out on top. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, lunch pail guy for me this week. Well, what's more lunch pail than putting your head down and just getting it done, even when people might not notice? My my pick is Chase McGrath. Who of you know who that is (laughs) off the top of your head? Probably nobody. That's Tennessee's place kicker. I picked him because in a game where Tennessee scored nine touchdowns and they won by 42 points, who do you think is noticing their kicker? Nobody. But he got the job done. He had seven extra point attempts, seven conversions, he comfortably hit a 48 yarder, which I looked it up. Apparently, 60% only of college kickers make that. So I just appreciate him as being a lunch pail guy because nobody cares about the kicker when you're blowing teams out. But he came in and he literally didn't do anything wrong. He made every kick. So I thought that was cool.
1: Yeah. So.
0: And all SEC. SEC is the home of the blue collar now?
2: <laughs> Everybody always <laughs> says. People <it>. are saying. <laughs> Yeah, Vandy at four and six surprised me a lot when I saw that.
1: Is
0: that Clark Lee That's still the best Clark record
1: Lee. In years. Yeah. yeah, Clark Lee, <laughs> yeah, former uh, Notre Dame defensive right. coordinator. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: I think James Franklin, when he was there, went like nine and three somehow one year. I don't know how he did that.
1: He did. Do you see? Speaking of James Franklin, did you see he got like a, a penalty this weekend and started doing push-ups on the sideline to like punish himself? <laughs> I didn't see that. <laughs> like like live <laughs> in game. That's funny. <laughs> doing laps around okay. yeah <laughs> yeah whatever he's taking. all right so we're gonna be moving next uh to real football not what, what bart has previously called real football in the nfl but oh, yeah. instead mm. an appearance of soccer on the, play li- on the playlist on the playlist and on the podcast uh which is really f- like doesn't happen too much so the world cup's taking off that yes less than baseball, the- <laughs> yes, <laughs> That's less than baseball indeed Plus the baseball. um Less than baseball, indeed. So um, we're talking about a fight, though. right? are talking about <laughs> <a> <laughs> soccer fight. Yeah, yeah. some <laughs> sort of controversy. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, the World Cup is kicking off on Sunday. It is the biggest sporting event in the world. It only happens once every four years. And on Sunday, Qatar will play Ecuador in the opening match. Qatar is hosting this World Cup amid much controversy. But we're going to focus on a few things. One. A Team USA preview, which I've been tasked to do, and I will get to in a moment. Second, we're gonna just make some bold predictions that are pretty uneducated, uh, but we'll start with. But hey, maybe they are very educated. We've all I'm done our research. We're just we're, we're we're new soccer fans, so <laughs> you know we're figuring it out along the way. Um, but I've been tasked to do the Team USA preview, so I'll tell you a little bit about the red, white, and blue for this year. After missing the last World Cup, the US is back for its first World Cup since 2014. When it was eliminated by belgium in the round of 16 and an extra time heartbreaker what's the team looking like this year well it's younger than normal it is the second youngest world cup squad with an average age of just over 25 years old there's only one player on the team deandre edlin who is a fullback who plays for inner miami um that has ever been on the world cup squad before so it's a really really young team with not a lot of world cup experience that being said a lot of potential, especially their star, Kristen Polisic, who plays for Chelsea, who's finally getting a chance to show himself on the biggest stage and make Hershey, Pennsylvania proud. That being said, despite all the talent, Never how are they looking? <laughs> nope. <laughs> yep. Plucky little town called Hershey. Plucky. No. <laughs> yep. Unyielding. Um. <laughs> Go for it for um, but despite the talent and youth, how does the team look going into the World Cup? Truly awful. They didn't score a goal what? in either of their two warm-up games against Japan or Saudi Arabia. In fact, they only had they didn't even have a shot on target in their game against Japan in the warm-up. So they are looking terrible heading into the World Cup. <laughs> but we'll see. Saudi Arabia and Japan are both in the World Cup, so they're playing high-quality competition, but they lost to Japan, tied Saudi Arabia 0-0. Again, no shots on target in the game against Japan. So, you know, maybe they're just getting the bad games out of the way before. That's what I'll say. Um, In their group, in the first round of the World Cup, so the World Cup works, there are eight groups of four teams. Top two make it out into a bracket of 16, where they just play normal knockout round um, in that 16. The U.S.'s group of four is England, Wales, and Iran. In that group, England is the favorite. But it's probably close between the other three teams for a second. We'll see if the U.S. can get that place. So that is your breakdown of Team USA heading into the World Cup.
0: Well, I've been getting my World Cup knowledge from Colin Coward, and he hasn't said anything about the U.S. looking awful.
1: <laughs> yeah, they, they've looked horrific into the World Jared, Cup. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, there, just there to promote. But we'll see. Uh, well, now that we've gotten the Team USA preview out of the way, We're going to make some bold predictions. We have four topics. We're just going to make some predictions for two people per uh, topic. And we're going to start with the simple one. Who's going to win the World Cup? Aiden, we're coming to you first. It's going to be Argentina. Mm. Book it. (laughs) Uh,
3: They have not lost in their last 35 matches, which is pretty absurd. Uh, They won the Copa America final against Brazil, I think, last year. And Brazil is kind of the odds-on favorite in this World Cup. Never really played, like, the European teams a bunch, but they did beat Italy, who won the Euros, you know, just a year ago. They beat them 3 nothing, 3 nil, excuse me, uh, just a few months ago. Thank you. So, so I feel like this would provide a, a storybook ending to Messi's national team career, which has been full of a lot of disappointment. But he's got a good supporting cast, so I, I believe this is the time.
2: I, I had Argentina as my first pick. And then I thought, you know what? They're kind of trending right now. I should write something else down. And Brazil. what do you know? You picked them. One <laughs> thing I wanted to add, I've seen a lot of people picking Brazil. And Argentina just beat Brazil in the Copa America Championship 1-0. So who's to say it can't be Argentina? I mean, they're still like the second or third favorites. But still, I thought that was interesting. My pick, lads, it's coming home this year. It's been 56 years, 56 <laughs> years since England last won. And I think they're, I think they're due. I mean... First of all, they have, like a, they have so much talent this roster. Harry Kane, Phil Foden, Jack Grealish, Raheem Sterling, Marcus Rashford. The list goes on and on and on. And those are all guys who are like attackers or midfielders. Their uh, defenders are solid as well. Can they actually finish the job is the question, because in the last World Cup they lost 2-1 in the semifinals. Uh, but it was an extra-time goal. So they were an extra-time goal away from reaching the finals. Then in the Euros in 2020, obviously it's not against everybody in the world. But they reached the finals, and they lost in penalty shootouts. So this team's been on the cusp, and they still have all, a lot of that talent, if not more so. So I just feel like the time is now.
1: Okay. Fair enough. All right, so we're going to swing in the complete opposite direction for the next question. We talked about who will win. We're going to now talk about who we think is going to be the biggest disappointment at the World Cup. What? who's going to disappoint this year?
4: Very risky of Bart needing to pick the two uh, two of the highest favorites to win the entire World Cup. <laughs> Why don't I just pick Saudi Arabia or Iran to uh, lose the World Cup? It would be disappointments. That's not a disappointment, now, though. Yeah, right? yeah, but I mean, I'll, they'll definitely not win. That, that, that's for sure. I, th- I think the biggest team disappointment will be France, who no. right now is the third highest. Were you going to pick France? I, don't, no. I, didn't pick France. I actually like France. I, I enjoy a lot of the players. Uh, they're big stars, and I think that they're going to have moments where they're electric, but there's a lot of team to- turmoil right now between uh, Mbappe and Pogba. Uh, let me check out the right. Uh, yeah, Pogba, so it's like, it says that he hired Pogba hired a witch doctor to hinder Mbappe, which now is like this lingering controversy within the team, and Anyway, so there's like a lot of chaos. It's going to be a question of whether or not their roster is able to gel. And uh, I don't know if France, although electric, will carry all the way out to the finish line. Gotcha.
0: Yeah, France is definitely the trendy pick for this category because they haven't Mm -hmm. been playing well going into this tournament. I refuse to say France, though. For those that don't know, I was in Paris when they won the 2018 World Cup, so I'm an, an honorary French citizen at this point. No, but I think despite injuries to Pogba uh, and Golo Kanté, I think they still have way too much talent. I feel like to to be that big of a disappointment. Like everyone forgets about Griezmann as well. They also have. That was when Fortnite, by the way, was really taking off, and I remember he would do the Fortnite dances <laughs> all the time after scoring the goals. That's like one of my memories of the World Cup. <laughs> i think it's gonna be spain they're playing in the second toughest group they have the fifth best odds so i think it qualifies as a disappointment if they didn't get out of the group stage but they're playing against japan germany and costa rica which is seems pretty tough it was the second toughest group based on world ranking um i I also think england potentially has a chance to be a disappointment but eventually I i think spain um is like a good mix of like good odds but in a kind of a tough group so we'll see what happens like a team like Brazil, they're just way too talented. I feel like to to not make it far. I mean, they have reached the semifinals and quarterfinals in the last two World Cups. So, Spain.
1: All right, going back to the positive ones, highest goal scorer, Jared. Back to you.
0: Okay, so if you yeah if you listen to Bart's um, assessment of England, you might want to say Harry Kane, who was last year's Golden Boot award winner. But I think he's he's in the same group as USA and Iran. Iran conceded the fewest goals last year, too. And last year, part of the reason that um, Harry Kane won the Golden Boot was because he scored half of his goals against Panama. Half of his six goals against Panama. So I feel like what that means is the winner needs to be, do, like, a lot of their damage in the group stage. Or, yeah, in the group stage. Um, so I don't think it's going to be Harry Kane because I think their group is, like, Actually, is is the is the strongest group actually? I think by group ranking, if I'm not mistaken, uh, France has two of the top three odds-on favorites for this. I think they're going to take goals away from each other. So I'm going to say Memphis Depay of the Netherlands. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They are likely in. They are in the weakest group of the tournament, uh, Group A, which has like Ecuador. Um, who else is in that group? Saudi Arabia, Coast, somebody like that. Qatar, I think Qatar's in that group. Sorry about that. <laughs> Anyway, he's played well (laughs) internationally, even though he comes off the bench for Barcelona. Uh, I'm told that the Dutch media is very high on this team, according to The Athletic. (laughs) And kind of a fun stat, they have never failed to make it out of the group stage of the World Cup. They've made it out of the group stage every time that they've been in the World Cup. So they haven't even lost a match since 1994 in the group stage, so very impressive that's I th- crazy i think that means he's gonna get a lot of reps he's in an easy group so there's a lot of chances to score points and that's where you can do most of your damage get like a hat trick or something so that's my pick memphis Depay pay of the netherlands max for make max for proud
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right aiden <laughs>
3: yeah i also had memphis Depay written down as an option my one worry about him is that apparently he's recovering from an injury right now Uh, as are a bunch of the stars of this world cup it seems like because it's like a mid-season thing Mm -hmm. it seems like a lot of guys are kind of beat up which is interesting but but he definitely seems promising uh the guy who i have written down is uh uh from brazil Vinicius jr he's only 22 Mm -hmm. he had a very nice Mm -hmm. start to the season for real madrid uh he's 10 goals in 19 matches so far he's really been dominating the champions league especially uh and i think as you were kind of talking about, Jared, I think a lot of the damage is the group stage, and I think Brazil will do some damage in the group stage. They obviously have a lot of options, right? They have Neymar. Um, they have a bunch of other guys. But I think that they'll they'll score goals plenty against Serbia and Cameroon and whatnot. Uh, and I think this could be a coming-out party for Vinicius Jr., who's a, a young upstart of sorts.
1: All right, and our last category, we're going back to Team USA. We're gonna just make some predictions about when they will be eliminated from the World Cup. Bart, tell us what you think.
2: You said a lot of the same points that I was going to make in your preview, so I don't don't want to rehash it too much. I think their absolute ceiling is a first round, uh, like round of sixteen, exit, um, because England's in their in their group as we've talked about, so they will be at best the second best team, and all all accounts seem to indicate that the Netherlands would be the team that they would play in the first round. And the Netherlands are going to be really good, apparently. I don't see them beating them. But honestly, like, with Wales and Gareth Bale, uh, Iran have, like, some low-key, r- really talented players as well. I wouldn't be surprised to see the USA go, like, draw, draw, loss, or draw, loss, loss, or something like that, and not even make it out of the group stage. I'm not very high on them. Yikes. Hates yeah. America. Stop. <laughs> <Sad. laughs> have you ever <laughs> Why? seen Why? me what wear you red, think? blue, or white? <laughs> <laughs>
4: Well, the United States men's soccer team does not have a history of being like successful, so I agree with, I agree with Bart. It did look like to me through CBS, uh, I found that they were probably going to, most likely they were going to be matched up with the Netherlands. So, right now, given the betting odds, does not look good for the U.S. to make it out of the round 16.
1: Yeah. Well, we'll see how it goes. You can tune in uh, on Sunday to watch the first match uh we're gonna move back to american football now for our next segment we're gonna do a just a little mid-season digest um where we have five teams that are just sort of having like weird years and we're just gonna say where we think they need to go from here uh, and first up is the new york giants unsurprisingly Wyatt is taking the giants tell us what you think about them
4: well, you know, this year is an incredibly surprising year for the Giants. Even as a Giants fan, I was expecting us to be picking within the top five. Um, not that I didn't believe that we had talented players. I thought Andrew Thomas was a stud. Saquon Barkley is obviously a stud. They have uh, changed around the offensive line. And when Kadarius Tony was there, I thought that the Kadarius Tony, Kenny Galladay, and Wandell Robinson were going to be a decent wide receiver group to be able to make some like flashy, exciting plays with in a Brian Dable' offense. But I did not expect us to kind of turn out to be as good as we are now. So I think going forward, uh, here's a couple things. Very sober analysis. I think that the GM Joe Shang not trading for a wide receiver at the deadline does kind of give me an idea that they are very realistic of where we're at. It is not quite the uh, situation where we trade all of our assets to kind of make a playoff championship push this year because I don't think Daniel Jones is still the quarterback of the future. Like I said, when I was watching the Giants game in MetLife, every bad play was like the end of our season for every Giants fan sitting around me. They're like, ah, throwing their hands up in the air. I, I swear, it was like we just lost the Super Bowl. But instead, it was like now instead of being we we're just an incomplete pass on second and eight, and all of a sudden like our season is over. So I don't think that there is really a belief that Daniel Jones will carry us into the future. I think looking at the tankathon right now between who is actually going to have one of the top picks? I can see us trading up with Las Vegas. Let's say let's trade up three first-round picks. That's the trade your asset time. Three first-round picks. You get the quarterback of your future. If Houston doesn't get a quarterback, maybe C-, uh, C. J. Stroud is available. Maybe Bryce Young is available. If not, maybe you can trade with Chicago at six and see if like you can land, um, you know, a Levis or a Hendon Hooker or something like that and develop him. But. I would look to either have this pivot year with Tyrod Taylor I go after this next season, and then get some really like a really big offensive player, some, one of the Ohio State wide receivers, get it to easy pick, and then kind of the year after that. But this is a good quarterback draft, so I would like to see them collect some picks and maybe trade up.
1: Fair
4: and re-sign Saquon Barkley.
1: And re-sign Saquon Barkley. Uh, all right, I'm up next with the Atlanta Falcons. Um, here's the thing with the Falcons. Yeah, I feel like if you told them at the beginning of the year, there would be a game out of first place in the NFC South with like kind of a legitimate shot at the playoffs. They would be static coming into the season. I think this was a team with relatively low expectations. They traded away Matt Ryan, their longtime franchise quarterback, who led them to a Super Bowl appearance. They had a new head coach in Arthur Smith and an unproven quarterback in Marcus Mariota, who's one sort of stint as a starter. Tennessee hadn't gone well, and then he had some time with the Raiders, with you know, um, where he didn't do anything super special. But this team has been pretty competitive in their division, even though they don't have a winning record right now. The NFC South, one of the worst divisions in football, but again, Falcons still game out of first place. But I think that they like the best way to frame the season is as a sort of better-than-expected transition year. Mariota has been serviceable. The team overall has been good enough, um, and they should therefore be sort of all in on this year going forward trying to make the playoffs, but with the recognition that they probably shouldn't be complacent where they are, because they're not that great a team. This past week showed why they're not that great a team. The loss to the Panthers was awful. The Panthers are one of the worst, worst teams in football, and it showed that this is like not a complete team. That being said, it was a rainy game. It was a short week. I don't think it's necessarily indicative of like their season being over or anything like that. So I think going forward, the plan for the Falcons should be stay the course, but know that in the offseason, you're sort of actively going to have to improve this team. But don't sort of see this as, like, anything other than, like, a better-than-expected rebuilding year. Alright, next team we have is the Saints. Aiden, tell us what you're thinking about the Saints at midseason.
3: Yeah, the Saints are such a confusing team. I mean, they were mediocre last year. They've been bad this year. But they have moments where they just look, like, kind of good or, like, at least solid. You know, like, last year they dominated the Bucks, the defending Super Bowl champs, twice they blew out the raiders who obviously the raiders are not good this year but they blew them out 24 nothing a few weeks ago like once in a while their defense just looks un- like dominant and their offense is good enough to carry them. but obviously like this has been a disappointing year there's not much you can do to change that even in a bad division i don't think they have much of a shot at the playoffs at 3 it's at 3 and 7 and they don't have like a young qb to test out no ian book anymore to to throw in there see what see what's up <laughs> Um, but <laughs> honestly, like it's hard for me to tell what they should do going forward, because it's it's hard to tell how good this team is at its ceiling. They've dealt with a lot of injuries on offense, especially. Yeah, Wyatt is not a fan of the Saints, uh, but like they lost their starting QB Jameis, who has had his eye surgery. Is obviously you know going to be great when he eventually gets his time in there. Uh, Jarvis Landry's been out. Michael Thomas has been out. Alvin Kamara missed a game. Trevor Penning, their first-round tackle pick, has been out. Chris Olave is, like, the one kind of bright spot. Uh, And on defense, they've got a lot of talent. You know, they have DeMario Davis, Cam Jordan, Marshawn Lattimore, Tyron Matthew. They've just been super inconsistent. Uh, So I feel like what they should do heading into next year should be informed by how they close out this season, right? Like, do they show any signs of improvement? But it's obviously time in this offseason— we're going forward to look for a new QB. It's not Andy Dalton or Jameis Winston, uh, but they don't have a first rounder this year. So it's not really peak time to, to cash in on this, this good draft class. Uh, so, you know, you hope that maybe Hendon Hooker falls because a lot of drafts have him as a, a second or third round pick, but it seems possible that he'll, you know, come draft time, uh, be bumped up a bit. And otherwise, I think they've got to, I think they should actually try to compete next year otherwise i think they should sign a free agent qb they have so much money tied up in this team already like i think why not go to the trade deadline next year see what happens because you're in a terrible division like the bucks tom brady's gonna be gone who else you got the panthers the falcons like honestly the saints look as good as any of those teams like heading into next year i think with a competent free agent qb and then if by the trade deadline it doesn't look good you sell off everybody you sell off you know your cam jordan (laughs) your michael thomas your you know alvin kamara um yeah and they finally have a first round pick in 2024 so i feel like they can (laughs) really start a rebuild of sorts um but they're kind of handicapped at the moment and caught in the middle i think between being able to actually start an effective rebuild this offseason
4: the correct answer was blow it up but i like what you said
1: <laughs> trade everybody yeah. get the practice squad out there all right up next is the team we referenced a little bit earlier in the las vegas raiders jared what do you think about them going forward
0: man the raiders are a pretty tough team to figure out um they've had a lot of in- i feel like they should just try to run it back next year actually they've had a lot of injuries this year with darren waller hunter renfro earlier this week one of their linebackers just retired uh, midseason so <laughs> they've definitely kind of have a weird season um obviously coaches in their first season GMs in their first season I feel like you don't trade for Devonte Adams just to say we're gonna if we do play ourselves into a top pick we're gonna get a rookie quarterback like Devonte adams wanted to go there for Derek Carr so I feel like that tandem is still the potential of that tandem is still too valuable I mean if you play yourself in the number one overall pick Maybe that's fair to get to Bryce Young. But if they play themselves into, like, the third or fourth pick, you just trade back, I think, get a bunch of picks for some quarterback-hungry team and start to retool that way because this team, obviously, is as it has, uh, has detailed extensively before, has not drafted well at all under their previous regime, and they don't really have that much young talent because of that. So I think that's definitely something they'll need to shore up. I wouldn't expect them to play their way into, like, the number 1 or 2 overall pick. I feel like they're still better than that, but that would be an interesting decision if they do that if they do get there. If they had number 1 overall, I might consider drafting a quarterback. That's tough. I would probably draft a quarterback.
4: Jared, your theory is if you t- if your quarterback plays you into the number I one know, but it's this is pick, such a unique situation though.
0: Like do you think there's no way Devontae Adams went is like wants to play with a rookie quarterback? He's demanding a trade. Send him back. He's like I'm like I'm going back to Green Bay.
2: <laughs> Meanwhile, what's yeah, the is return retired. policy? <laughs> yeah,
0: then Rodgers retired. All right, then he's he'll go to Tampa Bay or whatever, whatever team Tom Brady decides I'd to like, join.
4: You could probably send Aaron Rodgers to to Vegas.
0: For what? For like a bag uh, of chips. <laughs> a bag of chips. <laughs> yeah. I don't
4: know. What do you think they should do? What. Um. It's tough. I can see them replacing with a guy like CJ Strato as a high ceiling if they do have one of the top two picks. Their defense is also objectively terrible, so I can see them adding a top defensive guy with number two overall. But again, like you said, they, don't, they haven't drafted very well. I know it's a new regime, and they don't need to carry the burden of the previous regimes, but at the very least, Josh McDaniels is a bad head coach. Outside of a 6-0 run in Denver, he's like 7-24 in his last couple games. He is 13-9, 7-24. Oh, yeah, he is. He's 13-24 all time as a head coach. Uh, and this is a team whose franchise wide receiver last year got arrested for murder. Uh, they let go a handful of guys for for being arrested. And their head coach got fired for racist emails, and they made the playoffs. And now they're, right now they're, we're talking about them having the number two overall pick. I don't know. It's, it's pretty bad. Like, I can see a situation where they go, Derek is our guy. We give him big money. It's time to run him back. And it'd also be kind of hard to move off of him because I know that he would... He's emotional. He's a good guy. Everybody likes him, and he would like re- rather retire than play anywhere other than uh, in in Vegas right now and, and wear a different uniform. But I don't know. Maybe it's maybe you reset the future a little bit. I think they kind of already put their chips back into the table. It'd be hard to ask him to do it again. Who knows?
2: Hmm.
4: I get both sides.
1: All right, the last thing we're going to talk about then is the Indianapolis Colts. Bart, it's your turn. Tell us what you think.
2: Uh, Yeah, the Colts are basically a combination of a lot of things that all all four of you have already said. Uh, To me, the Colts right now are just about enjoying the ride to the end of the season. (laughs) They are bad, but they're not bad enough to tank for one of the top quarterbacks, and they clearly do need one of the top quarterbacks. I think three or all four of you mentioned potentially drafting a quarterback. If that tells you anything about how starved teams will be in this draft. Uh, Fortunately for the Colts... Their offense is dead last in offensive EPA. It's not just a quarterback thing. They need help everywhere. I will say this. I think it's pretty telling that they dra- – or not that they drafted, that they hired Jeff Saturday. I mean, it was like a clear move to try to tank. They hired a guy who, whose top coaching experience was in high school. Then he handed off play-calling duties to a guy who's never called plays. The fact that they won against the Raiders I think has inspired some fans. But as we just said, the Raiders are not good. I don't think that win means anything. So I think – Like, they put Matt Ryan back in. I wouldn't hate seeing them actually start Sam Allinger a few more games. He's only started two games ever in his career just to see what he's got, even if it's only as a backup. (laughs) Matt Ryan has not played for two of the games. He's still second in quarterback turnovers this year. I don't need to see more of Matt Ryan, even though he was the quarterback who won the game for the Raiders again. But more importantly, I think they should try to see if maybe Jeff Saturday is actually going to be a long-term, viable head coach for them. Like, if they actually win a few games – uh, in the rest of the season that would be meaningful they have the second toughest remaining strength of schedule I saw so I don't think they're going to be good or yeah I don't think they're going to be good but I also don't see them tanking enough to get CJ Stroud or Bryce Young then when it comes to the draft you just gotta I mean you gotta get like the best available offensive talent because they need to plug holes everywhere um, and then maybe like Agent- or Aiden was saying free agency for quarterbacks might be viable um, but yeah the, the Colts are another team that are like kind of they seem like they're going to be stuck in mediocrity for a little bit. So
0: mm-hmm. uh, on the Jeff Saturday hire, by the way, uh, I heard an interesting theory that from Peter Schrager and he was crediting somebody else, but I don't remember who it was on NFL <laughs> network. That um, Jim Ursay hired Jeff Saturday to get an evaluation of the GM, essentially to have like a, an honest opinion on like what is going on in this locker room right now. Because uh, Frank Reich and the GM apparently were close, and he was like, I feel like I don't really have visibility into what's going on in this operation right now. I need more evaluation on, like, how the organization is. I thought that was an interesting
4: take. Hmm. Jeff Saturday is an inspiration to high school coaches across the globe. I really feel like I have a chance. I I, (laughs) I coach, I think it's my resume. I've been coaching for four years high school football. I've been coaching DBs all four years. We just went 6-3 and last year, way better than Jeff Saturday has ever done. Me.
0: Jeff Saturday's undefeated so as an NFL pitch. coach. That's been. I, mean, I could be too. I could, do, I could
4: be undefeated my entire career. Can you imagine the things I could do that Jeff Saturday uh, did? You know, yeah. Yeah. they need to find like an old quarterback to trade for. What? Who's the old disgruntled, like out of his that's prime? That's what they guy just did. The, they've they've know, done that they the last two <laughs> seasons. It, it, it hasn't worked. It. They got third round picks to spend, baby. <laughs> Derek Carr. <laughs> <laughs>
2: It's that or Look. Well, Lamar still hasn't signed his contract. <laughs> There's
4: mm. no way he
0: wants to play in Indy. <laughs> Although him and Jonathan Taylor might be kind of fun, but.
4: Kind of. That'd be a good
2: combo.
0: Jonathan Taylor sucks
2: this year, though. Sean Payton oh. also
4: wants to go wherever Lamar goes. If Lamar becomes a free agent, Sean Payton's in.
2: Dude, I wish I could be a retired head coach who he would just wait for prime opportunities and then be like, oh, yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> <But> just...
1: <laughs> Urban Meyer.
0: <laughs> no, <I'm shit.
1: laughs> All right, we got one last quick little segment. Speaking mm-hmm. on the cornerback veins, Wyatt. Uh, I'm gonna go to you. I hear you want Aaron Rodgers to be benched.
4: Sure. Explain. What an intro. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> um, so the question is: Is it on the table that the Packers begin to pivot to Jordan Love? I think it is absolutely on the table to begin to pivot away from Aaron Rodgers. Uh, right now, this team, as it stands, just broke a five-game losing streak. And, we're to, and and the idea is that they're not dead. They're back. They have a chance. When, quite honestly, they played the best game they've had all year. And the Cowboys have played one of the worst games that they've played all year outside of probably one of the first couple, first week or so. This team, this Packers team, will not break 10 wins. And if it's a short leash, the ice is thin, and everything is kind of ready to cave in, the second that the Packers lose their next game, Jordan Love should be taking first team reps the the next practice that they go to. (laughs) It it is entirely on the table that not only one, you have to assess what Jordan Love is. He was a 1st round draft pick. So he's either going to be due a lot of money, he's either the quarterback of your future, or you decide to kind of pivot off of him and trade him away to a team that might want to see what they can do with him and and maybe form him into something else. Otherwise, you just you you literally wasted a first round draft pick. I know Aaron Rodgers in the last couple of years has been fantastic with two first round picks, but otherwise, like I mean, what what else was the point? You got to find something to do with him here. And I think it's entirely possible that that Aaron Rodgers is kind of falling on the other side of the cliff here, cliff here and. I'm kind of losing a little bit of his touch right now. Let's look at the other four and five win teams in the NFL. The Commanders, do we respect them? Lucas might. Do we uh, <laughs> care about them? Do we think that they're a good team? The Cardinals, the Rams, the Falcons. I know we, we literally just talked about the Falcons in a rebuilding segment. The Patriots, the Colts, who we just talked about in a rebuilding se- segment. Four and five win teams. Do we have any respect for any of those teams? No, there's no resounding yes. Why Patriots should they're five an- and four? I know <laughs> right? they're five win team. Four, of, uh, they're not all four
3: wins. Put teams some respect name. on, yeah, <laughs> Mac Jones and Bailey Zapp's name.
4: But we don't respect. We don't actually respect those teams. We do not expect those teams to do anything at all. So why should we respect the Packers after breaking a five game losing streak? And all of a sudden now the Packers should have started thinking about their future because Aaron Rodgers has teetered on the other side of retirement and and falling off a little bit in terms of play you got to figure out what you got to do with with Jordan Love and right now Aaron Rodgers isn't playing at a high enough level and the team isn't playing at a high enough level to where you can feel confident going forward that he's going to be around anyway
0: no I think that's crazy Wyatt I think that's absolutely crazy
4: the Packers obviously like you
0: said they won so that helps the case that they should keep playing him throughout the season I feel like the Packers actually know what they have in Jordan Love, and he's not good. I know they, all the the camp reports that they're trying to say, like, he's light years ahead of, like, where he's supposed to be and everything. But I think they know that he's not that good. That's why they tried so hard to get Aaron Rodgers back for three more years. They signed him for three more years. And if you think Jordan uh, Jordan Love's trade value is going to increase by playing more games, I definitely disagree. His one game he completed less than 60% of his passes – had three picks. I feel like the Packers building, they already kind of know what they have in Jordan Love, and it's not it. What's important now is to develop the chemistry between Rodgers and his receivers, which has been a major narrative this year. Case in point, look at Christian Watson. Now, like dropping the first pass of the season, everybody's like, Aaron Rodgers is rolling his eyes. That guy's never getting a pass again in his NFL career. He had three touchdowns this last week. That's some progression. I think if that if the Packers wanted to pivot to Jordan Love, they would have just done it already.
3: Also, in the case that they do think, or they're still trying to evaluate what he is, in the case that they you know aren't already convinced that he's bad, like are they so convinced in his potential that they're just going to totally give up on Aaron Rodgers? Because you know, as soon as they put in Jordan Love midseason, Aaron Rodgers is out. I would be shocked if Aaron Rodgers, with the amount of like pride he has. And his kind of cockiness—if he would ever come back and start for a team that benched him in favor of Jordan Love—he
4: doesn't have to come back and start. They can move away from him. I mean, sure, but do, do you we think, think the game that the cow that they play against the Cowboys is sustainable? Because Christian he- Watson literally had like a. <laughs> randy moss stat line he had four catches for <laughs> 177 yards and three touchdowns keep it up. yeah <laughs> what is, christian watson's season total is 195 total yards 107 of those came <laughs> <laughs> came uh, against the cowboys because Rodgers his doesn't career, trust him he doesn't trust his any career total <laughs> okay but like is this all of a sudden going to blossom into the like another big connection does aaron Rodgers have time for them for these young players to develop What's like, his choice? He, they, they his other choice is to force a way out, holding, which he hasn't done. <laughs> he won one game and after a five-game losing streak, and we are blocking out room in in Wisconsin for a parade. There, they are not <laughs> a good team, and there is no way that they don't go on another. There's no like, there's no guarantee that they're not going to go another four-game lo- or five-game losing streak after this. They can finish, I mean, they they are not competing. The Cowboys were in full control of that game up until Mike McCarthy did what Mike McCarthy does, and, and which is his dedication to coaching malpractice. But I mean, otherwise, <laughs> like, <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Did, look, in overtime on third and four, why are you not running the ball? Why are you? Why are you? Why is your option to go for a quick slant if you're going to go for it on fourth down anyway? Yeah. And that ball was changing sides on so many times. Like that, that was like the goofiest most inconsistent game I've ever seen from both sides where, you know, Aaron Jones is losing the football, there's an interception, Dak Prescott throwing interceptions, people are losing the ball all over the place and it took an overtime win where Mike McCarthy blew it again uh, and we think that that's supposed to be sustainable and this is like a building block for them. I would, I would go more the other way that this is a, an, an anomaly and it's more likely than not that this team goes on another five-game losing streak than they go on a winning streak of any capacity.
3: Then why not wait until you're officially eliminated with, say, three games left in the season and then because start you doing Love because you can say that.
4: Three game, A three-game evaluation in garbage time is not really going to be the way it goes. In
0: garbage time, he'll be playing the whole game.
4: It's not garbage time. No, garbage time. Know, we've time already seen, seen him season, play in, in the
3: preseason. Go. We've already seen, like, the what do you Shown so far isn't great. I mean, yeah,
4: what? What else do you think season.
0: you're gonna see from Jordan Love that you haven't already seen? Okay, maybe the it's, Packers it's have seen really, it all.
4: It doesn't have to be Jordan Love. If anything what? He goes out there who's he, it, who is it then? He, no. If anything mean, he goes out there and he stinks, and the Packers can go, and maybe they rebuild, and maybe they decide Aaron's gonna come back, and they're gonna use a, a pick on a wide receiver and they decide He's to get better. They're not going to come back though. It's just uh, you cannot then me yeah, get Then fine, Good riddance. Then you use your pick and you get the quarterback. They're also teacher. not going to pick a wide
0: receiver when they never have when
4: they've had the opportunity to. I mean, why who else do they pick? Their defense is full of first round picks. I mean, what else are they pick do, do they going to pick a running back tackle or something like that like yeah. I just look. Either way, I think it's a win-win for the for the for the Green Bay Packers. If Jordan Lund plays and he's awful and you know that he's awful and, and maybe another team decides they not want to trade a fourth-round pick for him, whatever, whatever happens to him, whether he gets it's cut and he walks and you get nothing for him, at the very least you get a top pick. You can either Aaron Rodgers is going to come back. You say, we're going to use that pick on a wide receiver. Boom, he comes back. You have a nice wide receiver. You run it back again. Or he says, screw you, I'm going somewhere else. And now you have a top-10 draft pick and you can go and maybe get – the next quarterback of your future, and you can truly bounce between three Hall of Fame quarterbacks. But either way, either Jordan Love is successful, and you're like, okay, this is pretty good, or you know it's the opposite, and you can just retool for the for the year after that.
0: I feel like there's no way the Packers are committing to that when they they just signed him to do a three-year, hundred fifty million dollar contract extension. They're trying to win in that window.
4: And if he wants to continue to play, play football, somebody will take him. And if he doesn't want to play football, they've they've written some things in his contract that. Well, uh void when he retires either one i'm not afraid
3: of that i don't know one's gonna if he doesn't look better no one's gonna take on that 50 million dollar contract at least for next year which is guaranteed the Colts right? will mm, that would okay that'd be interesting the packers are gonna have to pay a bunch of it if they trade him as far as i can see but, but maybe maybe jim or and Jeff Saturday, yeah, the new brain trust, would, uh, <laughs> would allow it.
4: I think there are plenty of teams that would take him on. I think the 49ers would take him on, too.
0: The 49ers? I don't know. Yeah, I think they, the I think they still seem too. invested in Trey Lance. I think I but... can see
4: the Jets taking him on. Tennessee. The Jets? Not a lot of teams. Tennessee, yeah. maybe. I don't know about the Jets. Yeah. Uh, if Zach, off, if Zach, if Zach Wilson's awful, then, then what? Carolina. CJ off, Stroud. I, <laughs> I can see that. Yeah, Carolina.
0: <laughs> they, they might. all right we're not taking aaron Rod- <laughs> i just joking we would take aaron Rodgers if you want to if you want to appear on this podcast once you're definitely uh, welcome those bridges are burned
4: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah exactly he's gonna hear this and definitely gonna remember that um hopefully y'all enjoyed the episode though if you did please follow us on twitter instagram or tiktok at Lunchpale guys underscore give the podcast a five-star rating on whichever platform you listen to and stay tuned for our episodes next week where we preview topics about sports because I don't know what the topics are yet because the games are not. Been <laughs> yet. But join us next week. Thank you.